0: Matthew chapter 6 and um, uh, beginning in verse 5. Hear the word of God as Jesus speaks to his disciples. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray at the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray... Go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who sees in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven... If you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Scripture says that the grass withers and the flower fades. Uh, But this, the word of the Lord, lasts forever. Um, So we look at at verse 11 uh, tonight, this fourth uh, petition. It turns, you know, the first three petitions, uh, the first three requests of the Lord's Prayer are all uh, parallel and focused Godward. I'll focus specifically, Godward, on his name, his kingdom, uh, his will being done. And then this is the first one that speaks particularly or immediately about about our concerns. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, I don't know what you think of this uh, this request, but as I look at the Lord's Prayer as a whole, um, I, I think this one has to be the most difficult to understand. Um, at least for me, the most difficult for, for us to, to be able to understand, for instance, when's the last time that when you, when you had some, something that you wanted to be able to, to speak to some God above you, that what you were praying was, uh, please give me some bread. I mean, there's, there's places, other parts of the world, where that's probably exactly what the desire of someone's heart is. Their most immediate thing that they would want to be uh, speaking about is give me today something to eat. Give me today some bread. Um, but, uh, but as, as Americans, um, in the culture that we live in, um, the, the request that we're usually making isn't, isn't today, Give me, give me a piece of bread. Give me something that I'll be able to eat just for today. day. When's when the last time that you didn't know where your, well, you know, where, where your next meal is going to come from and not meaning that like, you just haven't had time to go to the grocery store yet so you're going to have to eat out again. Or, or that you know, your bank account's low and you just haven't called uh, parents to, to transfer money uh, back over or you've been uh, avoiding other means that you have. Of, you, you're not, there's been times where you may be worried about some of it, but not in a sense where there's no way for you to, to eat. Um, or you're wondering where, where somehow you can have even a next meal. Um, it's, it's, in our context, it's much more available and, and ready. That, that's not the need we're concerned for or particularly praying about. So is this comment from Jesus just something that applies to maybe people in other places or people in other times that have any relevance to us? Um, uh, I think it's very important for us to understand. Remember in, in uh, Luke 11, in the same kind of context, it says it's Jesus' scholars asking, Lord, teach us to pray. Um, and these are the things we see him Responding to, that He's actually teaching us whatever our context. I think whether, whether in wealth or you've never known the, uh, the lack of bread, the lack of your, your basic needs, or whether that's your, your immediate pressing need, uh, this is still what applies. This is how Jesus is teaching us uh, to pray, teaching us what to pray. Um, because, for instance, when we have a confusion about what to be asking for, we're also very confused about what to expect. Um, if uh, if we're if we're thinking that God's supposed to uh, they're supposed to be asking for whatever cool thing we see next, the newest uh, the newest game that came out for the um, PS3 or whatever the things are, that that, that's what you got to have, and you're kind of expecting, okay, this is what my God's there for. I think Jesus is teaching us something different. Or maybe we look at it the other way, and we kind of assume if if God's a God, you're supposed to pray you to, to ask for bread and. Uh, and my shelf's full and the grocery store's right down the street, then I'm kind of beyond him. I'm I'm beyond needing the kind of things that he gives, and so I can go forth with stuff. Uh, Jesus is teaching us about his kingdom. He's teaching us about the values of his kingdom and how we can come uh, before the the face of the God who rules over it all, and it's directing the values even of how we live. What things we should be saying before God is what things we should be living uh, before him as well. Um, so last week we looked at, uh, at, at God's will, and uh, someone later uh, was mentioning the, uh, the Rolling Stones song. So for, just for fun, I'll give it a little, little mention here. You know, you, you can't always get what you want. Last week we were saying, um, I'm talking about not getting what you want. God's will may be different than ours. We're conforming to it. but so the song goes on. You can't always get what you want, but if you try sometime, you'll find uh, you get what you need. Um, So I hate titles, but that's what I use for the title uh, for this, and hopefully we'll find uh, what Jesus says here far more profound than just the Rolling Stones lyric. Uh, But Jesus is teaching us to pray for what we need, uh, to pray even for our most basic uh, physical and temporal needs. And he's teaching us that we can trust God for all that we need. Uh, even as our father. Um, and as we go through, what we're going to do is kind of deal with uh, three of the main uh, misunderstandings about the past. I say it's one of the most hard, uh, difficult to understand. Uh, three main differences uh, the difference between uh, uh, being needy and being greedy, first of all, and then the difference in looking at things like corporately versus individually, and then daily versus permanently. Um, hopefully I'll help you see some of the things through the passage. Uh, Jesus teaches us to pray for our, our basic needs. Uh, so he wants us to see the difference between uh, prayers that are needy before God and those that are, that are greedy. I, want to, I like to put it this way, that, that we tend to have kind of a vocabulary problem. All right? when, it comes to the, when it comes to the word need, have you ever noticed the way that you use the word need? context in which that that word seems to keep coming out of your mouth. I mean, if you pay attention to the way that we talk and to the meaning of that, we seem to have a real vocabulary problem in using the word need. Underneath it, I think there's a spiritual problem that's reflected in in our greed. But if you're out shopping, you know, you see different things. Some stuff you're like, it's way overpriced. Some stuff you're like, yeah, that's probably for somebody else. I wouldn't put that in my house. I wouldn't want to wear that. You see some things you're like, oh, it's kind of this escalating level, right? Like, Oh, I'd kind of like that. Something else, you're know, like, oh, I really think I want that. So something a little bit nicer, you're like, oh, I really want that. But if it's something that, you, that you're actually willing to pay, pay money for or wish that you could, I need that. Right? I need it. I've got to have it. Um, Need it? I mean, that's how we talk all the time. That's how I talk all the time. I've got a vocabulary problem. Need it for what? It's necessary. So the thing it's necessary for is to, is to satisfy my greed for a little bit, right? And, and, and so I feel like I need something else to put in there. It doesn't even, doesn't even do that. Um, it's not something that we, that we need. Or, here's another way that I find myself using the, using the word. I there's things that things that I'd like. And then, um, then i say, oh, you know what, here's actually something that I'm walking through Sears in the tool section. There's all kinds of things that are appealing to me. I like to go, if I'm going to the mall, I want to go in the back side so I can park on the downstairs of Sears so I can walk through the tool section if I have to do anything else in the mall because that's, that's, that's what I like to see. And I walk through there, and my eyes are gazing at the air compressors and new saws and whatever different things they've got going on. There. And I find a lot of stuff that I would like. And then, then maybe I'll find something I'll say, oh, you know what, I actually, I actually need this. Right? And, and I'm saying that I actually need that as, as compared to all the other things that I was tempted to buy uh, but actually had no practical use for it all. Right? And what I mean by need is that it could actually be useful to me. There's no like necessity to it. Like if I keep walking through this store and I don't buy this right now, I'm not going to survive. right? Um, maybe it's necessary for me to feel uh, uh, useful as a consumer in a consumer su- uh, society by finding something that I could actually, you know, would be of some use in my house if I spent my money on it. I've got a vocabulary problem when it comes to need. Um, and it's a, underneath that vocabulary problem is a spiritual problem. So we use the word need um, to disguise our greed, our selfish, our longing, for ourselves, and, and Jesus teaches us to differentiate need from greed. I'm sorry that it rhymes, but it's just, just so good there. He teaches us to, to differentiate between need and greed, and especially in prayer. Um, so Jesus teaches us that we pray for ourselves. We're not to be praying, God, give me lots of things that I want, right? And we're not to pray. Um, Please give me the newest cool stuff uh, that, that, that I could feel better about myself. Um, please help me find something that would be useful to me that that's not just going to sit on my shelf. Um, please help me have enough stuff to fit in with the people around me who maybe have more stuff than me. Um, or rather, basic, physical, temporal needs, or as Jesus puts it, bread. Come before God. Jesus is teaching us, Pray. Give me today, give me this day, daily bread. Give us this day of daily bread. Um, God's up there just to give you more stuff. Um, in our consumeristic society, it'd be great if we had a God like that, right? And fit right in with, with all of our desires and our uses for our money and the society would be... I mean, there would be no economic depression because of all these things, and money, the cash flow would, would continue to be going. Um, God's not a magic genie who grants wishes for your stuff. In fact... Not too much of a stretch to be able to say this, right? God doesn't want you to be greedy. Um, a lot of our prayers are greedy. God doesn't God want you to be greedy. That's not what He's aiming for you to do when you pray. Uh, r- Reminds you of some passages. Look so very close in the context. You can look down to, uh, to verse 24 of, of this chapter a little bit later in uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters, right? For either He'll hate the one and love the other, or will be devoted to the one, and despise the other, you cannot serve God and money. All right? Um, nor by praying can you get God to serve money for you and, and, and just get you the stuff that you want. Um, uh, 1 Timothy 6.10 talks about, not, not, not that money is wrong or wealth is wrong, but he says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. All right? You can even go to the, uh, to the wisdom of, of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs uh, 30, verse 8 says, Give me neither, uh, neither poverty nor riches. I will pray, neither for poverty nor riches. I'll read it in the context, is a little bit more than that. Um, it says, Actually, uh, two things I ask of you, deny them not to me before I die. Remove from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that's needful for me. Not familiar? Feed me with the food that's needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Not everything I, uh, I need. What's this guy there for? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane by the name of my God. God. God doesn't want you to be Greed. In fact, Scripture even calls out our uh, our our praying and greed uh, more directly. If you got your Bibles, you can flip over to uh, to James chapter four. Um, James hits it hits it uh, hits it dead on uh, for us, calling us out on it as James is really want to do. Um, uh, James chapter four says this. Uh, first, it says um, uh, verse. 2. Uh, you do not have because you do not ask. Right? That's a lot of things that Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. It says you do not have because you do not ask. And then it says this, verse 3. You ask and you don't receive. Why? Because God didn't love you, because God was not able to do that, because you weren't good enough. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. How many of our prayers are mainly to spend it on our passions, uh, to, to spend it just on our desires. Um, I don't want you to misunderstand me here. You're welcome to pray to God about anything that you want to. Um, God often gives extravagantly beyond just what we need, and I think he delights to do so. Um, but he doesn't do so in order to make us uh, spoiled. Right? in order to make us into something to expect that we deserve whatever we ask for, that we can claim that these things uh, should be ours, and certainly not to make us greedy for more. And James is calling out that uh, we ask it out of our greed, to spend it on our passions. Uh, Prayers shouldn't be motivated by a desire of selfish greed, right? Not too hard to recognize that, Um uh, uh, Janice Joplin recognized that. I, I, I love listening to a little a little Janice Joplin. Um, but, but the mocking lyrics of the Janis Joplin uh, song, if you've heard it, uh, Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Right? And the second verse is, Won't you buy me a night on the town? And the, the updated version of the, of, I'm updating it myself, of the third verse is, Oh Lord, won't you buy me, it's not a color TV, a 3D TV? Right? Like, I want to God. My friends have all these things. I've worked hard all my lifetime. No help from my friends. The Lord won't you buy me that Mercedes Benz. I just, it's, our, it's our greed. We're approaching God simply in our greed. Um, we don't want to confuse our greed with our need. But it is good to recognize that we're needy. Jesus is actually telling us to come before God needy. Needy even for the basic temporal physical need of bread, you're needy for bread uh, even as a as a modern times American, as a wealthy American, because ultimately it all comes from God's hands, uh, and we feel like we can count on it, and we can count on what's around us for a long time to come, and if God ordained to be so, uh, then, then so be it, but He can also take it all away. Um. What we need, everything, every good gift comes from, from above, Scripture says, comes from Him. Uh, we're needy for it from Him. And, it, and when, we, when we have those, when we have bread, uh, when we have physical, basic, temporal needs, we should be thankful. We should be thankful to Him uh, that we have it and maybe look to be generous beyond. When we have more than just our basic temporal needs, maybe we should be looking to be generous beyond that as well. Okay, but of all times not to be greedy, uh, you'd think that would be uh, in prayer, as we're, as we're with God, as we're before His face. Um, but it's good for us to be needy, Jesus says. It's good for us, to, it's honest for us to express our need. But greed, on the other hand, is selfish. which maybe leads us into the, the second point, the second misunderstanding, not of, uh, not of greed instead of need, Uh, but sometimes we understand it individually rather than corporately. Jesus is teaching us to pray uh, corporately, not just individually. So if if the first is a vocabulary problem with the word needs, then uh, maybe we can say this is a numerical problem. This is a math problem. Uh, Maybe it's a counting problem uh, that we don't know how to get above the number one. right? Um, uh, Jesus says, give us... Uh, this day, our daily bread. Right? Those are both plural. You have to be able to count beyond like the first digit in order to in order to get there. Um, I don't know what the population of the world is. If you want to take it in that sense, you can count it all the way up to how many billion of people, uh, or how, uh, or for a, for a smaller version of that body. Uh, but, but the whole prayer here is, is corporate. It's a whole body uh, praying, praying to God, it's plural pronouns, it's many. Uh, and we tend to, as we hear the prayer or think about it, turn every number, every, uh, every plural into a singular, every number into just one. Give me, this day, my bread uh, that, that I need. That's right, how we begin to appropriate it. Um, and again, our uh, counting numerical math problem uh, reveals a, a spiritual problem. We're self-focused. We're self-absorbed. That uh, we're selfish and just concerned for our for ourselves. That uh, we're selfish instead of being uh, loving. Uh, Jesus, even in the Sermon on the Mount, as He's talking about prayer, is preaching to us the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, the kingdom that's different from the way that we naturally work, the, t- the kingdom uh, that's a kingdom of love, a uh, kingdom of, of God having shown his love to us that leads us to direct our uh, love out to others as well and directs us to more, it's not uh, not just individually, uh, but corporately. I think there's a few different ways we can uh, look at this. One, I want to take a... Uh, like a, a rather shocking word picture from the Old Testament. Uh, the, years ago in RDF, we tried to go through the book of Amos uh, for part of a semester. Um, and I remember the phrase, it's both in Amos as well as in Isaiah, I remember it, uh, it, it well, went back to look at it today, um, the phrase, trampling the poor. Trampling the poor, here's, here's Isaiah 2.7, uh, I'm sorry, Amos 2.7, uh, condemns God's people because they trample, I'm quoting, trample the head of the poor into the dust of the earth and turn aside the way of the afflicted. So it's a word picture, right? So you're picturing yourself or someone uh, stepping their foot on the head of a poor person in order to get where you want to go. Right? Um, and it's not that literally back then they, they didn't have sidewalks so they got all the poor people to, to line up and lay down so they could you know, walk somewhere uh, on them. It, it, it's a picture of, of more going on uh, beyond that. What they were doing was, was getting rich off the labor of the poor workers but, but keeping the profits almost all to themselves. We're speaking other places of, of taxing, putting the heavy burden of the tax on them just to, to keep gaining their, their own uh, riches. Um, and it, Scripture describes that as, as trampling over the poor, as putting your foot on their head and their face and to step on them and, and get where you, where you want. Now, I'm not saying that everyone should always make the same amount of money, um, but maybe you know if you're employing someone for 40 to 50 hours a week, but you're not paying them enough to live off of or to support their family or, or whatever, um, you know, but, you're, but you're gaining a lot of profit off of that. Stepping on somebody, um, you're getting up somehow, and it's off someone else's uh, someone else's back. Uh, if you're not caring for them, I'm not the comment, I don't understand economics. I'll I'll say that openly. Um, to to understand how that kind of stuff works, either locally or, or internationally, I think some of the same things are are in play internationally. Um, but even maybe for us, uh, sometimes we get the lower price on an item because someone else doesn't get paid enough. Um, when everything about us is looking for just the lowest dollar on something, then we're then maybe we're willing to say someone else who's, who's cutting off the poor to get their own profit, and then, then that works better uh, for us. Um, now, all right. so that's too far. I'm not saying you have to untangle all the economic web of all this, but, but my question for you is this: Are we are we concerned for others to have enough when when you're out shopping for the things that? you need um, and the things that you want. Are you concerned just for you to have enough or are you concerned about other people having have enough? Are we concerned about those whose basic needs may not be met or met nearly as well as our own? Um, are we concerned for them or are we glad to just walk on by not noticing whether we're trampling on the head of the poor or not? Uh, Jesus tells us not to be self-focused and self-absorbed, uh, not to be praying individually, but corporately. And, and praying this way, praying corporately, praying in the plural, uh, directs us to care for others' well-being. It's not okay to just be trying to get enough for yourself. It's good to be working. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, it's not enough to just try to get enough for yourself to make your own way ahead, leaving, leaving others behind. Um, It's it's a very obvious fact, and a lot of you all are more aware of it than I am, that there are many other people in the world who have way, way less uh, than we do, who've who've never had the kind of meals uh, that we commonly can complain about if you have to eat in the cafeteria every day, right? They've they've never had that kind of uh, spread before, never conceived of buying new clothes every season, um, and it's not worn out, but it's just... I mean, it's from the 80s. You can't be wearing that unless it's like actually, well, if it's from the 80s, that's probably long enough ago that it's it's acceptable again. But if it was from like five years ago, uh, maybe not so much. They're conceited buying new clothes uh, every season. Never had their own room. Um, Never had just one roommate to complain about. Um, uh, Now, I'm not saying you can solve all of those problems, right? Uh, But Jesus teaches you to care about them. Jesus teaches you to be praying uh, uh, for others to have what they need. And there are things that you can be uh, doing, looking to do, even helping uh, locally. Um, <laughs> praying corporately. Um, but, but that doesn't I mean that the individual is entirely out of the picture as well. That you as an individual are out of the picture. Um, praying corporately means you have some concern for, for what's going on there. And, uh, and Second Thessalonians adds maybe one other insight into the corporate uh, concern for, for bread. It, as, as Paul is applying the gospel and say what, telling the church in Thessalonica what it looks like to be living out the gospel, uh, one of the things that he says is essentially, uh, get a job. Right? Like Get a job and work diligently at it and not be dependent on others and even being able to help. Now, uh, you're in college. Some of you are working while you're in college. Some of you are not. And hopefully you're working diligently at college. You're here for a purpose which is not to become a freeloader for the rest of your life. Uh, you're here working maybe even by other people's generosity in order that you can be uh, diligent, finding a job hopefully after you graduate that you can work in and be providing that. Uh, not enough for, your sa- for yourself, maybe enough for your family, maybe enough to be generous to other people around you. Um, But but 2 Thessalonians says, If anyone's not willing to work, let him not eat. It goes on to say, Such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to to do their work quietly and earn their own living. It's a good thing to be working for your bread. It's good for the whole of the community. And Paul says that's part of living out the gospel. And listen, Jesus is is teaching us uh, to show love for others, um, for their basic needs too, right? he uh, sums up the law. It's loving God and loving uh, your neighbor as yourself. Um, so, I mean, if, if my belly's full and my pantry's stocked, um, then does that mean this prayer's answered? Give us, our, uh, give us this day our daily bread. Um, there's more to it, right? Uh, he, he ends the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, 12, saying, uh, whatever, the golden rule, right? Whatever you wish others would do to you, do also to them. It's the same principle being applied as we pray to God, and we have we have in it the example of our Savior. Second um, Corinthians eight and nine says this: For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Uh, that he left, in some sense, the riches of heaven becoming for so that we could uh, be brought into the riches of his family and his household. He calls us to be reflecting the same things in how we, how we live generously before others. Uh, needy versus greedy, if you will, corporately versus individually, and thirdly, uh, daily versus permanently. Um, it is significant that Jesus says, Give us this day... Uh, our, our daily bread. right? Give us today our, our daily bread. The emphasis is very much on the present moment, not on the future. Right? We would we, we like to kind of look for the future, like to make plans for the future, like to be able to know that come up with some way that the future is going to be like, good for us, uh, that we are going to be taking care of the future and be able to lock those things down. right? Uh, it's your final answer. I want to lock it in. Right? I want to lock these promises in that things are going to be uh, good for me in the future. Um, but Jesus, that's not how He teaches us to pray. He, he encourages us to continue to place ourselves uh, in God's trust every day, um, even though your pantry's full. He, he's teaching you to pray for those basic needs of having enough to eat, to put yourself in God's trust every day difference that makes for your generosity different than it makes for your security and your worry. Um, a friend of mine, Pastor in town, Joe Elliott at, at Dorf Hope Church, some of you have met him before. I've heard uh, Joe Elliott say before that, that 90% of our prayers are, are that we would need God less. We've got all kinds of things that we pray for. You know, God, take care of these things for me. i provide this. But, but, but the, what kind of our goal is in those prayers is that we're actually praying for us to, to need God less. If he... Uh, gives me the health that I need, uh, the money, the finances, the security uh, that I need, the the job placement that I I want, then I want to be in that place of security where everything is going well, where I can be confident in what I see around me, so I really don't need God anymore. So 90% of our prayers, I don't know how you come up with that percentage, but I like it. Uh, 90% of our prayers are certainly we would need uh, need God less. We're praying often to become or to feel self-sufficient. Maybe you know, sometimes it's the opposite. Maybe sometimes uh, you're, you're praying for things, and, but you feel bad about needing something. Like, God, I don't know what to do about this, and I hate to trouble you about this, but, but, I, but I'm, not able to, I'm not able to take care of my family. I'm not able to have, to, for my health to be in the right place, to, to make enough, whatever things are going on. Um, we feel bad if we have real needs. Um, it's not the way God wants us to, to approach our needs. Uh, we're to approach Him as our Father. Well, think thinking the way that a young child asks for, fo- for, uh, asks for food, right? Like, um, Kathy and Alice, uh, when, when they're hungry, um, they, they're not asking me, like, Dad, um, could you give me, could you write a large check so that I can open a bank account uh, so that I can be sure that for the next uh, five years or, or ten years until I'm old enough to work for myself that I'll, I'll be able to have money? Uh, to to buy food for myself, to have, have an appropriate place to live, right? <clears throat> They're not like looking permanent. Give me some permanent things I can be secure of. For say like, Dad, I'm hungry, right? Dad, can I please have? I hope they say please. Dad, can I please have something to eat? Um, and and that's a delight to me. I you know. not me. Like, come on, you're in kindergarten now. Go go get a job and contribute something before you ask me for anything, right? I'm her dad. Uh, man, what, my question is, what do you want to eat, Peter? Um, here's some of the things that we have. Um, it's it, it, the way God called us to call to him as our Father um, and lies to provide for us. We tend to look way down the road, right? Not daily, um, but we're looking into the future, uh, worrying about the future, coming up with different plans for how things could work out. And It's fun to have plans, it can be very healthy to, to have plans, some kind of way of looking at things. If you want to, if you're a detailed person, plan it out in detail. If you want to, write it all down, right? How you want everything to go. Uh, but, but if you write it down, like, write it down in pencil, right? Um, you're still submitting under God for what He's wanting to do. Uh, give the whole thing of your future to God, place it in His hand. Don't trust your plan. I trust God daily for everything that you need. He's your Father. Delice to provide for you. Um, a little later um, in the chapter, Jesus goes on to say um, not to be anxious, right? Verse 25, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what your body, what, will, what you'll put on. And He talks about how God takes care of the, the birds, uh, provides places for them, provides uh, clothes, the lilies of the field, and all, all their glory, and so he can just take care of us. Um, so it says, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Uh, your Father knows that you need them all. Um, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be anxious for yourself, for itself, right? Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Well, we've got enough to worry about right now, and we need God right now, so let's, let's start there. Um, uh, Jesus teaches us to constantly trust in God uh, daily for what we need, right? I don't know if you look at this request or this petition the same way I do, uh, as it being in some ways one of the most difficult uh, parts of the Lord's Prayer to understand. Uh, But I hope you can see why it's important. Eating some of the things that's, that it shows us that we have a vocabulary problem when it comes to talking about our need. Just, just watch the way you use that this week. Uh, you'll learn things about yourself. That we have a numerical problem that we can't count past our, ourselves too often. Uh, that we have a time-telling problem. Uh, that we're always looking to the future and, and trying to get ahead of the day. And praying, "Give us this day our daily bread," it teaches us to be humble. Praying for the basic needs that we count on. Um, it teaches us to be humble. Um, it teaches us to be generous, concerned for others and not just ourselves. And it teaches us to be content. Um, all the things that, that might happen in the future, God, would I give me enough for, for now. I'm content with you. Uh, again, I don't want you to mishear me on this. You can pray for whatever you, whatever you want. Uh, and God knows what you need. Uh, and you pray for the things that you want or that you think you need, and you may find that God knows that you need a little bit better than you do and have a different view of it and that god may God may know that you need to learn to turn from your greed. Um, god may need uh, realize that you uh, uh, need to get beyond yourself to love others, to be generous or to trust him uh, and be be contented. He may ask very differently. Uh, than you were asking. I may mean, answer very differently than how you are asking in order to, to meet your needs. But he does so. And Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount is teaching us about the kingdom of God. He, as he teaches us to pray, um, really as we pray this way, uh, our, our greedy, selfish, um, discontented motives are, are revealed. Um, the ways that, in, that we don't fit into uh, his kingdom. Um, and it, he, he's pointing us to himself. He's pointing us to turn in repentance and faith uh, to him because he's the one who's covered over our failures, uh, covered over our greed and, and selfishness. He's been uh, condemned by God because we were too greedy, um, because we were selfish. Um, he's provided the covering for those sins. He's leading us uh, by a spirit into what's right. Um, these things that he's saying, that we don't want to pray this way, but Christ giving his spirit uh, to those who trust him is is, leading, is producing in us that very desire and leading us what's right, conforming us to the power of his kingdom. These are the kingdom prayers that he delights uh, to answer. And God answers these prayers and at the same time. Uh, I want to be clear to point out that I'm sure that that times in history, and I don't have the stories of when it's happened, but I'm, I'm supposing that at times in history there's been people, even Christians who have prayed, uh, give us this day our daily bread, and they've gone on that day or the next or sometime uh, to die of starvation. Um, what happened? Um, God hasn't failed to answer. I feel like here are needs that we're offering up to a God who delights in us God's not failed to answer, even when we don't see it uh, coming out in that way. Our needs go uh, beyond our understanding, and God answers them more deeply. Jesus says of himself, what? I am the bread of life. I am true bread and true drink, like the manna set down from heaven that provides what we need in order to sustain our life. Uh, Jesus is the true, constant sustenance for what we need uh, beyond just the... Earthly body now, um, but even to the resurrected body uh, to eternity, uh, Jesus is what we need. Right? The, the whole problem of needing bread goes back to goes back to the fall, goes back to sin, goes back to Adam. That humanity in Adam was cursed, and God said, "Part of that curse is that it's it's only by the sweat of your brow that you're going to eat any bread." Um, but in Christ, we have the free gift of what we need, the free gift of bread, even the bread of life in Christ, the free gift of grace that fully supplies eternal and spiritual needs. Jesus provides not only the temporary uh, bread, uh, but the bread of life eternal. As it describes uh, the time when Christ returns, the new heavens, the new earth, the new uh, city of Jerusalem is described uh, with an abundance. Uh, to extravagantly meet well beyond all of our uh, needs, right? A river of life flowing through the city, the tree of life with its fruit in its season for us to take of uh, as we lead and enjoy. God answers these prayers more deeply uh, even than than we realize. And Jesus is teaching us this is how to pray, teaching us that our God in Christ is a God who provides. He provides for all of our needs fully, and that we can trust in Him, whether we see it or whether we don't. Uh, he is our provider.